I am Sumit Gupta and this is Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams at work and life. This is a podcast for people who know deep inside that there is more. Have you achieved a great deal of success, but on the inside you still feel empty and like an imposter? Do other people see you as a strong leader and you wonder why it still feels so lonely and suffocating? The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. I dare to speak to the tremendous power which you already have rather than what you believe are your strengths and limitations. This podcast is called Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. And this is the Leadership Journey series. I am interviewing leaders with an interesting story to learn how they got where they are today. We all have a lot to learn from each other's stories of where we started, where we are now and our successes and struggles on the way. With this series of interviews, my attempt is to give leaders an opportunity to share their stories and for all of us to learn from their generous sharing. Anshul Kamath is the founder and CEO of Evolve. He is building the future of mental health and solving the mental health challenge the world faces today. In the interview, Anshul shares how his life took a sudden turn from the world of corporates and finance when he listened to a deep inner voice and pursued the unknown path. We talk about how that path has led him to many serendipitous moments, including meeting many coaches and mentors who have taught him how to listen to the deep wisdom and intelligence of our intuition and body, and also what is the science behind it. You're going to love this one. Hi, Anshul. Welcome to the Choosing Leadership Podcast. Hi, Sumit. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to have you here. And for our listeners, can you begin with with sharing a little bit about yourself and how you came to be where you are today? Sure. So my name is Anshul Kamath. I'm the founder of an organization called Evolve. We're a mental health startup. What makes us unique is actually the fact that sitting out of India, we're building for the global LGBT community and addressing their needs, which is really underserved in the market. We're also an award-winning startup awarded by Google as the best app for personal growth, validated multiple times by both Google and Apple. And today we have over 200,000 users across the world. Yeah, here I am as a founder of, of a sort of growing, emerging startup in the global mental health space. My career dates back to over 10 years now when I started out actually in the UK. So I did my undergrad in the UK and pretty much like everyone else, I wanted to get into finance, wanted to get into investment banking just because I didn't know anything else. Then I started out my career with a very large corporate. So I started out at Shell working on a mix of finance, corporate strategy, analytics. And I was doing this in Scotland and London. So really worked there for three and a half, four years. Got to work with some amazing leaders within Shell. So I was fortunate to actually even sit in on board level kind of discussions, be mm. part of really high level decision making committees. And I was fast tracked for a global leadership role within Shell. So got a lot of exposure there, but somewhere I knew that deep down in my heart, that's not what I wanted to do in the long run. There came a sort of point in my mid twenties when I had to take that call saying that, okay, do I want to stay on this path towards climbing the corporate ladder or do I want to just 
take a risk and um, jump into the unknown. And I don't know what led me to do the latter, but that's what I chose. So I moved back to India. I started, I knew at that point that I wanted to be more entrepreneurial. So I joined an early stage startup called Shortlist. I started, you know, just working a lot with the leadership team over there. Also the founders, I was then heading data science for some time. And while I was doing that, I grew very passionate about this whole space of mental health. So it started by just working on myself a little bit, going through my own quarter life crisis. I had an autoimmune issue as well, like a chronic health issue, which forced me to dive into my own mental health and take care of it. And somewhere post that, I started actually facilitating workshops for others. You know, I realized a lot of things that had helped me can actually help a lot of others. And purely as a passion project on weekends and all of that, in my spare time, I actually ended up facilitating workshops for close to 2000 people, right from mindfulness to resilience to like emotional intelligence. Um... And when I met so many people on the ground, I realized that everyone is struggling with their emotions, their mind. I was like, you know what, this is a huge problem to be solved. And I want to dedicate the next few years of my life to solving it. So that's really how Evolve was born in 2020. And it's only about six months ago that we pivoted towards being an LGBT first platform. And that's purely because we needed to focus as a company. And a lot of the users that we were seeing, a lot of the traction we were gaining, a lot of the statistics we saw were very alarming for marginalized groups and so we've decided to actually focus on the community so that's where we're at thank you i hope that was brief and not boring yes yes that's uh, that's wonderful a few things caught my attention and we'll go there but first of all thank you for sharing that so quite an interesting journey and also quite a big i wouldn't call u-turn but at least at least a big turn from like from finance and shell to, to what you're doing today can you share a little bit more when, because you said there was something which spoke to you, like a quarter life crisis, and you felt that something was missing or which led, pulled you towards entrepreneurship. Can you share a bit more about uh, that? It's very hard to pinpoint one thing, but I think at some point you start to to pay attention to some of the subtler signs around you. It's very hard to describe it, but there is just an internal feeling that feels this is not right. It's... And over time, I've learned things like somatic intelligence and really paying attention to your body. And obviously now there are techniques that I know how do you just tune in and listen into yourself and go understand what your body is really telling you. But at that point, it was just a couple of initial thoughts I had in terms of, okay, what else could I be doing with my life at this point? Where do I see myself in the next five years, even if things really work out? And I just had to ask myself really important questions. So things like, Okay, even if things really work out within Shell, for example, and 10 years later, I'm at a certain seniority or a certain position, would I look back and feel like that's a fulfilling career? That's an example of a question. Another question I kept asking myself was, you know, in the three or four years I was at Shell, what are the moments that really made me happy and fulfilled? And starting to really think of what are those dots that connect those moments? So for example, it could be like when I did this exercise, it was very clear to me that I was fulfilled at the times when I was actually creating stuff within Shell. So not just following processes, but actually creating new things within Shell, doing some kind of entrepreneurship within Shell, um, really pushing boundaries of my own creativity, coming up with new stuff, or training other people. Those kind of things really made me happy. Then I was also very confident at that point that as long as I had those elements in my life, I didn't need to be doing it within the confines of a large corporate. Because I was doing that anywhere, I knew I was likely to be happy and fulfilled. Yeah, I was asking myself, It was like a three-month process and this was like without having a life coach or anything. It was me just being my own coach in that moment. But asking myself certain questions, coming up with certain decision-making frameworks for myself. And yeah, that's how I took the decision. And as as you have been connecting the dots to use your language, is there something else maybe even before, even when you were growing up, which pulls you towards creativity, creating stuff, entrepreneurship, leadership? 
I think growing up, I was always very enamored by people who had successfully created their own businesses. I think that also comes from a place where my parents and my grandparents have been in a very service-oriented roles. And I've always seen it as they've given me a certain platform and to rise up and really do something of my own. So I've always been drawn towards creating things and wanting to start things of my own and really respecting and admiring people who are able to do that. So even some of the role models I had, even within my family, friends and networks growing up were more of people who were successful entrepreneurs. And somewhere there, there was a hunger always that I need to mm. test this out for myself in my life. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Are there any key people that you would like to highlight uh, who have uh, shaped uh, like your thinking, your, your view? Growing up, it's more of just the traditional rat race where you're going from whatever school to college to a job. And I don't think anything really led me to take this leap. I think specifically around the leap, I think there was an interesting conversation I had once with in London only with, he was a professor, I think from IIT and he was visiting London with a couple of his students for a for an innovation competition that Shell was holding. And I was, I think I was mentoring one, another group or something over there. But he and I had an interesting conversation at that point. He said there's three kinds of lives people lead, which is survival, success, and significance. And I don't want to go into explaining them, but yes, quite self-explanatory where survival is obviously you don't have a choice. But when it comes to getting out of the survival mode and a lot of us are in that privilege to be out of the survival mode at some point there is a conscious choice you can also make which is do i want to lead a life of mere success or significance and success is financial success doing really well for yourself being able to get send your kids to the best of schools all of that where significance goes that step deeper it's really creating value for the society creating employment for others uplifting lives that conversation struck a chord with me for sure and yeah otherwise I think it's a lot of stuff I've been reading a lot of stuff I've watched over the last few years everything's inspired me in some way yeah yeah thank you for sharing that and like ever since you left Shell ever since mm -hmm. you started to follow the dots as they were connecting how has that journey been and how long has it been since you left well six years now actually no yeah almost, almost six years so I think what's been interesting is that Ever since I left, I was very clear that I'm just going to pave my own path. And there is no set path for me in front of me. So unlike the time when you're in the rat race and you're like, you're so fixated on where you want to go next. I think one of the beauties of that, of the last five, six years of my life has been that there's never been a next, a predetermined next in my life. Always been where the natural course has taken me. It's It's been interesting conversation, meeting the right people at the right time, hitting on just letting ideas mellow and just kind of in your head. For a long time before acting, suddenly you'll find someone who will come in, really resonate with something, give you the right direction at that point. You know, okay, this is the right time to do it. There is a word for this called serendipity. And I think I learned that experientially in the last few years where you just meet certain people at the right time and you realize that, okay, you're able to then connect the dots in that moment. For example, I just when I moved back to India, I joined an early state startup and the founder of that startup was actually very passionate about personal growth. So... He, he was an American citizen and then he flew to India and he actually facilitated a two-day program for us, which was developed by Google called Search Inside Yourself. So a lot of mindfulness, a lot of neuroscience, a lot of self-awareness. Those two days just changed me. They gave me so many aha moments. And, mm -hmm. and that was like exactly two months before that, I was confused in London about why I'm leaving and everything. And suddenly two months later, I'm like sitting with such moments of clarity. And then I've met like some of 
yeah, such amazing spiritual wellness practitioners at different points along the journey, people who are just not commercial, not known at all. And yeah, sometimes you just have these sort of moments and people and profoundness along the way. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing, Shul, and that's, that's beautiful. And I think for anybody who is listening, I think what you're talking about is a deeper sense of knowing, not thinking yeah. and then knowing this is the right way for me or this is the right person. And many times if, and again, one thing which I noticed was the moment you started to talk about this, your body shifted, your voice suddenly shifted. There was a big smile on your face. So in a way you were different when you were talking about your past and when now you were talking about these experiences. Yeah. So this is wonderful. Can you share a little bit more? Because I think this is still a topic which people do not understand or do not comprehend very well. So when you say that you listen to yourself or listen to your body and this is the right way or no, this is the right person. Yeah. How do you tap into that that knowledge or information? Sure. So again, I think that there's a couple of parts to the process. It's not magical where or you suddenly close your eyes, you listen to your body and your body has all the answers. A lot of times, okay, so with basic, just listening to your body, like I think one of the biggest things I've learned is your body is always trying to talk to you. So between the body and mind, and again, this is scientific stuff, 75% of the communication that happens is actually your body trying to tell your mind something. And only 25% is your mind actually trying to tell your body. But we only pay attention to that 25%. So what typically will happen is that a lot of the nerve endings that are there in the body are situated around the gut. So around 80% of your nerve endings are actually concentrated in the gut. And it's very perceptive. So it's constantly trying to pick up signals, even the subtle signals that you don't pay attention to. Your nerve endings in the gut are more or less always reacting to whatever is happening around you. So whenever you want to listen or just get a sense of how you're actually feeling the answers don't come in your mind because a lot of times we will tell ourselves the stories we want to listen to in our mind for example oh i am i'm not actually scared to start this venture i know i can i, I know i'll do this but the reality is different we're actually extremely scared but our mind will try and trick us but your body is not going to trick you so if you're actually able to stop shut your mind off and again this is some of the meditation techniques that I've learned over time but you really try and shut your mind off and tune into the sensations that you're actually getting some of those deep perceptions that you're actually receiving from some of the nerve endings especially around your gut that's the kind of long and short of this and again I've been very lucky actually to train with one of India's leading somatic intelligence experts her name is Zia Zia Nath she's an incredible person I've facilitated workshops with her I've gone on like meditation Mm -hmm. retreats with her learned a lot in that sense when people want to try and get this deep sense of knowing I think what's very important is never take a hasty decision so hasty decisions will normally come from like an emotional outburst or how you're feeling in the moment or just getting carried away by your hormones or your emotions the best decisions when you're actually listening to yourself come from a place of absolute calm and stillness. And sometimes that might take you two weeks to achieve. It might take you three months to achieve because there's so much going on in your life. But don't take a decision based on haste or things like that. But yeah, it takes a while to get into this process. For those who meditate, it's slightly easier to tap into. But yeah. Yes, it does. I got very excited because this is very similar to a lot of the work which I do. And I often take people and leaders on retreats where I just let them be without thinking about uh, whatever challenges. And by the end of it, they would have those answers or they would have a... Yeah, because you're letting everything settle. Yes. So the clarity comes from a moment of just being absolutely calm and settled. 
Yes, and this happens uh, on the interpersonal level as as well as a wider ecosystem level. That if you just settle down, calm down in your body, suddenly you can call it your intuition, gut, whatever. But suddenly you start to perceive or listen to or to make those discernments or decisions which were earlier not possible before. And you added a wonderful distinction about the emotional state or versus stillness and calmness. I think that's a wonderful, I've, I think I've heard the first time somebody describe it that way. But that's a very good way to separate out what you feel might be something like inside of you, but might be a reaction from an emotion or something happened or something got triggered rather than something which which is very deep, right? Which is operating from a place of calmness. And for me, it can happen the other way around as well. You might be doing something, but there might be something telling you this is not the right thing for you. It can happen the other way. And then that can persist over time until you listen. A lot of times people will have sleepless nights like you will struggle to sleep and then many people will just escape that neither people will be very escapist in nature by let's say turning to tv shows or drugs or alcohol but that is also an example of your body trying to communicate with you saying that something is not right and very often i know that for example i might have a really bad week and i struggle to sleep at night something is not something is not going right for me But those are the times when I actually try and process my thoughts. So like either journaling or just really meditating on what's making me feel bad or what is making me feel uncomfortable. And then it might end up being something like I'm very uncomfortable with a certain, like one particular dynamic is going within the organization. Or I might be very, I might be a little nervous about a certain decision I've taken. But then at least you're able to pinpoint why it's Mm. happening. It's Sometimes, yeah, your body also, the flip side is your body can't differentiate. Your body is not going to give you the answer as to why, why you're not feeling comfortable or why you're feeling comfortable. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for adding that. So now coming back to the present moment, right? So now you are a CEO, you are running a company. How does all of this, right? All of this, I can use words like wisdom or understanding or groundedness. How does all of this play a role in your role currently as a CEO, as a leader in a startup yeah. where you you listen a lot about hustle culture, you listen a lot about working 20 hours a day and going yeah. fast, not stopping, like not taking rest, working weekends. How does all of this play together in your life right now? Good question. I think one of the interesting things for me is seeing this role of mine as a founder, CEO is my own evolution as a leader as well. And I've always believed in authenticity. One of the defining kind of quotes I remember when I was, when I just left Shell and starting this sort of unknown path in life was the privilege of a lifetime is to be or to discover who you truly are. And there is no one size fits all with leadership. I think what's very important is to know yourself as a leader first. What kind of leader are you? I'm not a hustle culture leader, right? So I am not a leader who can like drive targets or make people work 15, 16 hours a day and all. I'm not that kind of person, but I'm a very structured thinking, very calm and balanced person. And that's what I bring to my leadership. So there was an interesting study by Bain and Company on leadership, which they interviewed over 3000 leaders across the world to to try and understand what makes an effective leader. And one of the key qualities they found that sort of stood out in every leader that was extremely effective was this quality of being very centered and ground all the time. So balanced, centered. I think for me, that is one of the number one qualities that I've looked to develop 
about myself over the last few years. Just being really calm through this entire sort of all the ups and downs and challenges that come with startup life. I think that for me is really important and also cascading that down to the team. In terms of hustle, look, we've we've now reached like over 200,000 users. We're growing at 40% month on month. Like I said, we're covered by Google and Apple. A lot of support from them. We're very organically, we've We've got PR in every major Indian newspaper publication without hustling. But what we do really well is build the right processes. So I'm a very process-oriented person. So for me, people in the team don't need to hustle and work 12 Mm -hmm. hours a day. They need to work like six to seven hours a day, but follow the processes and really build stuff in a scalable way. Um, Being a mental health company, I think we have that additional onus on us as founders to also take care of our own mental health. For example, I'm equipped with so much knowledge about my mind and body and how we function that I know it's absolutely stupid to actually just be working 18 hours a day. If you want to build a successful company that's going to go on for at least five to 10 years. So how do you build things in in a very scalable yet sustainable way. I think that's some of the kind of balance I'm trying to find as a leader and instill in the work culture and the team as well. Thank you. Thank you for sharing sharing that. And once again, I want to applaud you for setting that example as well, because I speak to a lot of leaders, even like 50 years old and 60 years old, and many of them are still stuck in the hustle culture, or even if they understand how the mind works or how the whole meditation things work, they don't see it practical, especially when it comes to like a cutthroat business. Yeah. Given how young you are, and again, it's all relative but this is this is very unusual for me to hear from you you spoke about a crisis in your mid-20s normally i see this crisis for people like in the 40s oh, there's the quarter life crisis the midlife crisis <laughs> crisis all the time so it's not yeah I wouldn't actually call it a crisis. It was a small dilemma. Okay. <laughs> but you, but it led you somewhere beautiful. I am part of the millennial generation that likes to yeah. think things out of proportion. So a small <laughs> dilemma is even a crisis. Yeah, yeah. But tell me, is there something which people misunderstand about you? Because what you're talking about is still so, so much in the fringe or so much people are not aware of. Even you telling me about somatic awareness. I know and I talk to coaches who know about it but it's very rare that a leader I spoke to has has like knowledge or understanding of these principles or concepts so when you work with people around you when you work with your peers which could be other like other CEOs other yeah. other founders investors is there something which people often get wrong about you no I'm selective in who I open up to and what I say to what you know to others right like I mm-hmm. I know that you're from the coaching space so I can talk about these things I might not talk about certain aspects of this to my investors I will but make no mistake right like I'm still a very target driven and ambitious person so it's not that it's not that oh it's about escaping and meditating and that's it I'm all about solving big problems for the world and impacting a lot of lives which it's all about hard work. It's all about big goals. It's all about achieving those goals. So yeah, I don't think that is compromised in any way. It's there are 10 pathways to get there. I choose a certain, which I feel is healthy for me and my style. But yeah, I think like somatic intelligence, I knew you would understand it. So I mm-hmm. talked about it on this podcast. And when I was talking about serendipity and everything earlier, through that entire phase, when I moved back to India, I started meeting so many amazing life coaches and wellness experts through that time who pretty much on a free basis, I have got so much so many amazing sessions, whether it's therapists, whether it's life coaches, wellness experts. I'm, I feel really blessed because I've literally imbibed so much knowledge from so many people through that time. And now I'm, yeah, now I'm actually applying it to myself as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you, Anshul, for sharing that. And absolutely, I think for everybody who is listening, I also want to emphasize that like meditation or any kind of grounding <laughs> practices like you spoke about journaling or anything else is yeah. not taking anything away from hard work, from like going after targets or making a difference in the society. Exactly. In fact, it can actually work better to produce results sometimes by planning but sometimes by serendipity also if you are in that calm state of presence if you are like balanced so you see very clearly so you don't beat around the bush right you're not stuck in your anxiety you're not stuck in the stress about should i talk to this person or oh, i am feeling this way he is superior i am like all of that sh- like stuff and you directly can take action which otherwise I would take you longer, especially in, in time. So you might be working less hours, but I think the impact can be better or more if yeah. you can bring that state of center or balance to every conversation, to every moment that you're working. So it's uh, I think what you are describing to me is a perfect, uh, like uh, all the dots fitting together for uh, what I try to do for a lot of the leaders that I work yeah. with. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and... Standing right now, right, what are the biggest challenges you face for the next few years? I think with an early stage startup, resources, access to resources is always a challenge. You are right from funding to the right people. I think there's so many teething problems. We're now, we're now two years into this journey, two and a half years into this journey, and the team has grown to 10 people. We've got investors on board and everything, but there's always, you need to think five steps ahead for, for a lot of things. Obviously, there's issues around the macroeconomic challenges, competitors, and yeah, there's a lot of the challenges around the business model per se, I think. And also in terms of the day-to-day operational challenges are there in terms of us not hitting certain targets or numbers that we want to or what we're promising investors. But yeah, I think those kind of challenges are just, they're part of the job. They're part of the kind of decision to be a startup founder. Yeah. And what about you personally for you? Is there any one big challenge which stands out? As in related to Evolve or not related to Evolve? I think it related to your role in Evolve, but Um, something else as well. I think for me, it's just, Having an infinite capital and infinite talent pool. I mean, that if I'm able to solve that challenge, I'm good. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's uh, every entrepreneur's, every leader's. Absolutely. And then finding a way to make a certain amount of money in cash and revenue quickly. That is now yeah. a big focus as well. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Before we wrap up, would you like to give any advice for somebody like you who might have a big dream or who might know that like, there, there is something which is trying to speak to them, but they are still stuck somewhere else? What would you tell that person? I think just spend time introspecting with yourself. Don't don't escape your thoughts. So don't be escapist where you just brush things under the carpet or turn to alcohol. If something bothering you, find a way to process it. There's so many ways you can... Um, if you are very comfortable talking to others, there are great people out there or even a therapist or whatever. But And it doesn't have to be a therapist. It can be a coach or a mentor or a friend or anyone. But just, I think just spend time trying to understand, go one level deeper into your feelings. Like, I'm not feeling okay, but like, why? Or what are you feeling? Try and get to the bottom of what is actually causing that. Because very often it could be deep-rooted issues in your life. It might even be something smaller, but think, yeah, the quicker you address some of those challenges, the the more it frees you up to actually reach that place of stillness that we talked about earlier, which is obviously a very, it's a very nice place to be personally if you're able to reach that. But yeah, I think stop being escapist and at least try a little bit to start by journaling or whatever. But yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you for uh, for sharing that. I think two key things which which I am taking away from that advice is one is to spend time with yourself, not to yeah. do anything escapist like drinking alcohol or like getting. No, busy. no, don't get me wrong. Don't we don't not have to do that. But like you're not doing that all the time as if to avoid a trigger or. Yes. Of a yeah. negative thought. Yes. Uh, and the second thing was like, go one level deeper. I think that's always a good way to go to yeah. ask yourself a question rather than or looking for a noun. And then maybe sometimes uh, living in a question, which might be uncomfortable, but living in a question and letting an answer to come to you could be like, could be something which uh, a lot of us are not used to, but it could be a clue. It could give you those answers which you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So for anybody who is listening, how can they find out more about you? How can they reach out to you if they have any questions, if they have anything to do? So you can connect with me on LinkedIn, very active, very responsive on LinkedIn. And yeah, just Google Evolve Mental Health or Evolve app. It's all out there. Yeah. I think if anyone's remotely facing any issues with their mind or their mental well-being, try to Evolve. Thank you. Thank you, Anshul, for sharing your thoughts authentically with us and sharing your journey with us. I'm sure that everybody who listens to this will benefit <laughs> from it. Uh, and, I, and yes, I want to wish you the best for your journey forward. Thank you, Sumit. Yeah, thank you. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction not just for yourself, but also for those around you. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. I say what might be uncomfortable for me to say or for you to hear, to show you that all our dreams which have been on hold are within our grasp. If you like the sound of it, do not forget to leave a rating. I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter at deployyourself.com slash newsletter. You can also reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook to share any other comment or feedback. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.